Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who dreams about chocolate fountains, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing very, very well. Um, I, you know what? I have had a couple dreams about chocolate fountains. That is not very far off, um, and, and probably pretty true. It's probably pretty true. Do you not dream about chocolate fountains? I feel like that should be a normal thing everyone dreams about. I do not, but I definitely uh, like chocolate fountains. You know, I mean, I've been to a few weddings where there are chocolate fountains, and when I was a kid, I kind of mm-hmm. just like lived at that chocolate fountain like eight-year-old me at a wedding i'm at the chocolate fountain the whole time mm-hmm. yeah well 21 year old me would live at a, a chocolate fountain today so you know that that's a normal uh you know thing for me uh we are not joined by our other main contributor ben o'brien today he is out doing uh some other things uh but he will be missed on this podcast but trevor we do have something we have to talk about we got a new logo yes we did and i'm very excited about it i mean you know the past couple of weeks we've been you know trying to throw out different ideas about new logos and how exactly we wanted to do it. And thankfully, mm-hmm. um, neither of us are talented with art, but thankfully you have a sister who is very talented when it comes to yes. art. Um, so, I mean, I've already said this to you, but once again, thank you, Taylor. Uh, shout out to you. You did a great job on this, and I love our new logo. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I, I really, really like it. Uh, we, we got some more artwork coming along the way for different things. But big thank you to my sister, Taylor. She is an incredible artist, and I, I'm very happy she got to you know, do some great work here. Um, but we love the logo, and hopefully you guys like the new logo too because we, we really, really enjoy it. Um, but we have a fun episode planned for today, Trevor, don't we? Yes, we do, and obviously, you know, hard times right now, I think, in this country, you know, a lot of tough things mm-hmm. going on, but we hope that, um, you know, uh, we can give you a break from that and hopefully, you know, put, put a smile on your face or just, you know, hopefully we can talk about some things that are a little more exciting and hopefully, you know, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, so let's get it started right away. This past Sunday, after our podcast, we had the match. We had Tiger, Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Um, I I loved it. I loved the match. I don't know about you. Did you catch any of it? Yeah, I watched about half of it. Um, I watched, like, the it's beginning. about how much I watched. I watched, like, the beginning, and I watched, like, more of the end. Um, I had to, you know, do my normal Sunday errands that I do every Sunday. But, yeah, um, I definitely watched a lot of it, and I really enjoyed it. I was – I think there were a couple parts where they had issues with, like, like the the mics i think tom brady like it was raining so i think his mic like had some issues and they Mm -hmm. they got him a new one but other than that i mean um we could hear them pretty clearly when they were talking and that was really the best part like hearing like phil he would give like this advice to tom basically for every shot and i think that was an interesting insight into like what a golfer's thinking about how they approach each shot um, so Phil was really great. And also like some of the little subtle, you know, shots between Peyton and Brady and even like Tiger and Phil, uh, Peyton was also great. I thought during the whole, you know, broadcast. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I love that we got a little bit of sports, um, at a time where there's not many sports, however, you know, hopefully we get some sports coming on soon, uh, in a safe way. Um, but it was really fun. I loved the banter between, uh, the golfers. Tom Brady did not show up like normal. And then one hole, uh, he was insane. Hit the craziest, one of the craziest golf shots I've ever seen. Um, and if you haven't seen that shot, I highly recommend you take a look at it. He basically, uh, he hit a shot from about 200, 200 yards out, I believe, or 150, something like that. And, uh, you know, hold it in. Um, it was quite uh, the shot. 
but no, I loved it. I, I really enjoyed, like, being able to hear the players all the time, and I mean, there was no fans there, so, uh, you know, we really got this, you know, huge look into, you know, kind of the mindset of Tiger and Phil, and it was so interesting seeing, like, every time uh, um, uh, Tom Brady went to, uh, to putt, you could hear, and supposedly he's a really, really great putter, at least that's what I've heard, but you could hear the mindset that Phil goes through and walks through each putt, and as, I mean, it's personally as a golfer, it was super interesting to, uh, hear that one of my good friends Aaron um who I have to do a separate podcast with um we he was talking about how he it was like that was his favorite part of the whole thing is just hearing Phil talk about like how to putt or anytime he was like oh I think you should go you know over here and this is the reason it, I mean that was the, the coolest part and honestly I, I agree I, I, I loved it I think they should do something like this every year don't you yeah I I think they should I mean definitely when you get four of the biggest athletes that we have right now I mean Brady and Manning they have a rivalry uh, Phil and Tiger, they have a rivalry. I mean, it's just always going to be great TV. And obviously having these athletes mic'd up is another great aspect, um, another great part of it. That's something that I would like to see the NBA do, even though I know they probably will never do that. Um, even in this situation where there's no fans, you know, I would like to see the players, maybe coaches mic'd up, but it's probably never going to happen. But really anytime we get a chance to see like athletes mic'd up and see mm-hmm. the, their thought process, that's something that I enjoy. Yeah, it was such a great event. I hope they can put something on like this again. Uh, even you know, if it's for charity, great. If it's not, that's okay too. Um, but something like this would be so great, to, you know, to see. Um, but moving forward, we have JT Daniels, the quarterback from USC, uh, who was a freshman last year, was a five-star quarterback, really, really big deal. Just transferred to Georgia. Um, so we had Julian Newman transfer a little bit earlier in the year from Wake Forest. Uh, people think he's going to be a big Heisman front runner. And now we have JT Daniels over there. So if he gains eligibility immediately it's going to be very very interesting so I, I i don't know how much you're how knowledgeable you are on jt daniels i remember michigan really wanted him at a point in time and i, I thought michigan could have snagged him again possibly here uh, but georgia ended up getting it it just seems like georgia's this big quarterback factory um and it, especially since they really messed up uh with uh the jake Fromm stuff they had jacob easton jake Fromm, and justin fields and they got rid of the well the two better quarterbacks left and they were stuck with the the worst quarterback, at least they thought was the best quarterback at the time. But I don't know how knowledgeable you are on this, but uh, from probably your little bit of research, what do you think about JT Daniels, Trevor? I mean, obviously, I mean, he's a five-star and everything that I've heard and uh, from what you've talked about and things that I've read, he's definitely a great quarterback. And, yeah, it's interesting. Really, Georgia has become a powerhouse, obviously, and they were already they were always a good team. But really, Alabama was like the powerhouse, and then you had like USC actually used to be a powerhouse, and Ohio State, and Clemson. Now Georgia's kind of joining the fold really with, I think it's those four. I think it's like Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, maybe even Oklahoma to a lesser extent. But really those four especially are just um, just powerhouses. And yeah, Georgia, they, they've gotten so many good quarterbacks recently. I think it's insane, and they're definitely going to, I think, make another run at the championship this coming year. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I thought this was important to mention just because anytime like a big, big player like that goes somewhere, um, it's definitely worth mentioning. And, you know, like we've talked about, Georgia has really produced these amazing quarterbacks in some facets, similar to Ohio State, where we've seen like the past like three or four quarterbacks that have gone through, that have started there, or have been there. Like, I mean, the, the first three players in the draft board that were just drafted were Ohio State affiliated in some way. Joe Burrow obviously was at Ohio State. We had Chase Young um, and uh, Jeff Okuda. Um, so, you know, in some facet, all those guys were, you know, associated with Ohio State. So we're seeing some, uh, some prestige up at the top uh, with the top programs in college football. 
Um, but let's let's move on. We we have kind of an interesting story we didn't get to last week. We still wanted to mention this story: Dak Prescott. So Trevor, break break it down for me a little bit about Tre- uh, Dak Prescott. Yeah, so it's interesting that Dak Prescott, um, and we didn't get this last week as you just mentioned, but um, basically it seems like the Cowboys are offering him the basically the most money in history um, that a player would ever get, and he still doesn't want. He still do, he t- still turned it down, which was surprising. Uh, you know, shocking to a lot of people that he uh, did so. And now it seems like maybe trades are on the table. There's different uh, trade possibilities that are people people were talking about so i think that's interesting obviously the cowboys should want to keep dak prescott and they should try to do everything in their power to keep him but if he's declining this crazy amount of money i mean what else are the cowboys supposed to do i mean like you know (laughs) at some point you kind of just it it seems like honestly that dak maybe just doesn't want to play there like if he's declining that amount of money i mean it's just crazy to me how he could and maybe he just wants to go to another team, wants a new situation. I'm not sure. What do you think about it, Brandon? I don't think he necessarily wants a new situation. Um, what I do think is that he's being a little bit too greedy. Um, I think I've talked about on this podcast before about how I really like Dak Prescott. Um, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but I think he's a very good one, especially for the offense that De- uh, De- or excuse me, Dallas has produced. Um, and it's worked. We've seen it work when they got Amari Cooper, they have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, a fabulous offensive line. We got Travis Frederick, um, and I, I think uh, he needs to be a little more willing to take a deal like this. I, I'm not saying compromise on yourself, but I mean asking for 45 million. No quarterback's gotten 45 million ever. I mean, are you, are you trying to say that you're better than Tom Brady, Drew Brees? I mean, these guys uh, like that. I, your stats don't say that, and it seems like the deal that Dallas has offered him has been a pretty good one. Um, and so my my uh, super professional opi- opinion, obviously, I'm uh, very skilled at NFL contracts. Right, Trevor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. Um, and obviously that is sarcasm. I should say that to everyone just in case someone took it, didn't take it like that. But what I think is I, I, it seemed like it was a good deal to me. About, it's a very um, good deal. I, obviously, we don't know the whole terms of the contract, but, I mean, he wants $45 million in the in the. Uh, over time, um, I I just I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I, I see that or in the fifth year. Excuse me, I don't know if I necessarily see that. And it just seems like a ton of money to me to be asking for for someone who has done well. But it's not like they've won all these playoff games and been to a Super Bowl, you know. So it's interesting that he's asking for that um, amount of money. But let's move on to our final part of small talk today before we get to small talk trivia. Um, we recently had Kendrick Perkins who has said a lot of wild stuff. Would you say so, Trevor? Um. I, some definitely some of the things he said have been a little wild, but there's also moments where he's maybe maybe even actually on on point. So it, it depends on what he's talking about. But uh, this here is definitely something that's been a a topic I think on some of these ESPN talk shows this week. Yeah, so go into it. Go ahead. You go go to explain the uh, the the little thing we're about to talk about here. Yeah. So basically, they asked about you know in ESPN. I think this was on first take. They often have these, like, sometimes strange debates about just, like, I don't know, who's the better player, James Harden or Steph Curry, which, I don't know, I guess they have nothing else to talk about. And not that it's, like, a horrible (laughs) debate that had, because I think you can actually reasonably say that either one of them is better than the other. Um, Now, Kendrick Perkins said that he thinks James Harden is the better player, and 
you know, he, he talks about how he thinks as soon as he stepped into the Rockets franchise, he made that franchise relevant again, which is a fair point. But, I mean, also, you have James Harden, who in the playoffs has had some bad performances. Not to say that Steph's had some of these amazing performances, but I personally would lean towards Steph um, for, like, this upcoming season, next season. I know Steph was injured this season, but um, if next season, when it resumes that I do think I would lean towards Steph, though I think it's I don't think it's crazy to say Harden's better. I just think that Steph is probably he does have the edge um, with what he's done over the past three to five years. So I don't think this is a wild debate. I'm not gonna be out here saying I think there's an enormous gap. However, there's a pretty big gap. There's there's a decent gap. I think Steph is clearly the better player here. And as we've talked about on this podcast before, no way am I saying championships are way more important. One of them has reached the NBA Finals multiple times. One of them was on the Oklahoma City team as a sixth man. And, I mean, that team had Russ, Serge Ibaka in his prime, Kevin Durant. And, I mean, they didn't do that. Right? They didn't get to as many finals as Steph has been to. They didn't do as well as Steph did in, in uh, those playoff runs. Um, so I think... In my personal opinion, Harden escapes in those playoff series where you know it really, really counts. While he's been a, a good regular season player and he's a great player in the NBA, he's not Steph level. Steph's been surrounded around so many great players. And when, when you say he's brought Houston, you know, back to relevance, that's true. But we could say that for a lot of different players on different teams. I mean, you could say Dwight Howard brought the Magic back to prevalence. Um, you could say a ton of these different players brought teams back to prevalence. Um, that doesn't mean that they're, they're better than. I mean, someone like Steph Curry, like, I mean, I think it's just a kind of a ridiculous uh, debate in the sense that he's trying to explain, like, oh, Harden's better because he brought him back to relevance. I just think it's a bad point. You could have been like, well, he's consistently up for MVP and Steph isn't. Okay, I could take that debate. Don't you think? Like, that? I think that's a good debate uh, to be had. However, I still would side with Steph. I, to me, it's kind of crazy when people you know, knock Steph for all these things. Like, oh, he's a horrible, horrible defender. Statistically, he's actually not a horrible defender. He's definitely not a good one, but he's not a horrible one. So, personally, I, I don't completely understand this debate. I I, I, I get if you want to make a debate about different uh, different uh, topics and other things about Harden, but not specifically saying that he's brought a prevalence. I mean, who cares? That doesn't mean anything in terms of who's a better player. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, he also said that he thinks that the only thing Steph's better than Harden at is shooting, which I disagree with. I think Steph is the better defender. I disagree. I think, you know, he has better ball handling skills. And they're they're both good passers. Harden mm-hmm. might be the better one. But I think also, like, I I, Harden, I would probably give passing Yeah, Harden. but Harden puts up these huge stats because of the system he's in, in, in part. Whereas Steph Curry, I mean, their team is built around this ball movement that allows for, you know, obviously sharing the ball. And Steph Curry, by virtue, doesn't put up. Uh, the big stats like Harden. If if Steph Curry was in a system like Harden and he wanted to put up those types of stats, I'm sure he could. So yeah, uh, yeah. Him saying that the only thing Steph's better at sh- is shooting. I mean, Steph's the greatest shooter of all time. So that's uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely a pretty decent difference there. And then I think he's the better defender as well. So yeah, I mean, I think Steph's a little bit better, but I don't think it's crazy to say Harden's better. If with the right argument, I don't think it's crazy. It's just this argument's stupid, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on. Let's uh, wrap up small talk here with some small talk trivia, um, Trevor. So, what's our scoreboard right now? It's we're tied. We're tied up or, at. We're one? tied up at twenty three. Twenty four. 
23. Okay, so we have a we have a close game here. So Trevor, here's my question. I, I have faith you'll get it today. Um, you know who Wilt Chamberlain is, right? You know the player Wilt Chamberlain? Yes, yes I do. Alright, good, good, good. So I just want to make sure. So you, obviously he has a very impressive record. Do you know what that impressive record was? Yeah, the 100-point game. Yes, he scored 100 points in a game. So my question to you today is who did he play against in that game? What team did he play against? And then, for an extra point, could you tell me how many points that opposing team had? Okay, wow. So you have a bonus point opportunity today. Okay, so in Will Chamberlain's 100-point game, who was the team he played against and how many points did that opposing team score in that game? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Okay, so I know that the this game was very high scoring. Like it was in like the one forties, one fifties. It was very high scoring, which allowed Wilt to get a hundred mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. Um, this was. Oh, I should say this. I should say this. Yeah. I should say this. You got to get the team to get that a bonus point. Okay. Okay, so I can't just guess if I don't know the team. I can't just. Guess. No. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You I, can't just guess. All right. Um. Wow, so this was early in Wilt's career when he did this, and it was a very high-scoring game. So, mm-hmm. Wilt, it was early in his Wilt, career. it wasn't with the Lakers. It was with the, uh, um, uh, what was it? It was with the Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia. Um, if I'm being correct, if I'm correct, I'll give you. I'll give you but, a clue. You have it right. It was the Philadelphia Warriors. Yeah. Um. So the team. That's the team he was yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So that was early in his career. It was probably, I think it was 1962, I want to say, if I'm correct. That, that year just like came to mind. I think it was around there. It might have been that year, or it was similar. It was around that time. Mm-hmm. You could be right. Um, so the team they Maybe were playing yeah. against, there's actually a part of me that thinks it might have been the Celtics, but I don't know if that's the case. For some reason, that came in my mind. I, I, I really don't know this answer. So like, I think it's going to be a guess. Um, I prefer you not guess because normally your guesses are right. It could be the Celtics. It could be... Who else could it be? Like the Knicks, maybe? It could be like the Knicks. Um, there weren't like as many teams in the league, obviously, so that, that helps me at least. Um, yes, it does. Could be the Knicks. Could be the Celtics. Who else? Um, Could be many different teams. Yeah, this one's tough. Again, it's going to have to be a guess. Um, I'm between the Celtics and Knicks. And I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the Knicks. I really don't know. But that's who I'm going to go with. And then... Well, well, I guess it, it doesn't matter what the points are. So I guess you should tell me if I'm correct first, right? Um, or do you want me? You can guess. You can guess that. You can yeah. Just guess the points. Okay. I mean, it's not going to matter yeah, unless yeah. you get the team right. Are the Knicks your final? Yeah, answer? the Knicks are my final answer, okay. and this is a very high scoring game. I'm going to say that the Knicks had uh, 149. Okay, so Trevor, so this was a guess. You guessed uh, the, the New York Knicks, and you, have you submitted your answer on both parts? Yeah, I submitted so my answer on answer. both parts. Okay. Um, it's, okay. I mean, it's pretty much a guess, but. I like I've seen this before, and I know I've heard what team it was, but we're, I just don't. We're calling it a guess. But I don't though, right? quite remember. Yeah. So, obviously, normally your guesses are really, really good. Uh, today, however, 
Uh, it was an amazing guess. You got the Knicks correct. Okay. So you got one point. Even more amazing is you almost got the number. You almost I did. know it was, yeah. The Philadelphia Warriors scored 169. The New York Knicks scored 147. Ooh. You were two points away. Yeah. So that is quite impressive. Um, but you do get a point on the scoreboard today. I'm, I'm, I'm quite impressed um, with you today uh, with your guess. All right. Um, but, Trevor, what is your question? Maybe I can you know, equalize the score again. Okay, happy to get that one. Now, my question is related to uh, the NFL draft. Now, a lot of times right. in the past, um, a lot of times in recent years, either a quarterback is drafted number one or a defensive end is drafted number one. So, obviously, we've had a lot of quarterbacks. Kyler Murray in 2019, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, obviously, this year. A lot of quarterbacks, we've had defensive ends like Miles Garrett, um, taken Jadavion Clowney. So my question is, who is the last number one pick that was not a quarterback or a defensive end? So I think I know this answer. Um, so I'm just going to guess right away. I believe it was Eric Fisher, tackle. The offensive lineman. I'm just going to submit my answer right away. I believe it is Eric Fisher. That's that's your final answer, Eric Fisher. That's my final answer. So that is correct. Um, I thought I thought, I so. thought this might be a tough question because I would not have gotten this, but I know you know your NFL draft mm-hmm. uh, history. Do you know the, the one So I thought you'd that. have a chance. Do you know the person who was drafted before that first overall? The, that was not a defensive end or quarterback. Um, I it was uh one of the Long brothers. I, I looked it up. That's why I know. It was Jake Long. Yeah. Went to Michigan. Yeah, I looked Another it up. Another tackle. That's the only reason I knew that. But yeah, I, I would not have gotten this if you have asked me. But you know your NFL draft, so I'm impressed. Um, I thought you might know it because I because I know your knowledge, but I wasn't sure. But I wish you asked me. I wish you gave me bonus points for like the year or something because I know <laughs> the year too. It's 2013. That's also correct. So you could have given me the team. It was the Kansas City Chiefs. I would have. You should have given me some extra points opportunities there. Nah, well, um, last time I last time okay. I did that, that's what uh, got you back in. <laughs> you the, your that's what you got back in the game. So. <laughs> yeah. You learned your lesson from the four-pointer a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, that was, that was um, not, not smart on my part. Yeah, but that is okay. So we, we're tied up at uh, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, 24 uh, piece, um, which is great. So we both got points today. So let's, let's move on to randomly ranked. And I think we have an interesting randomly ranked today. Today is going to be the best dessert item. So let me, let me explain this a little bit here. We're not just going to be super-duper specific item. It's not going to be like... Uh, mint chocolate chip ice cream from this place. It's going to be generic stuff. So it could be an ice cream. It could be a cake. It could be a cheesecake, a milkshake, a pie, something a little more generic. That is kind of what we're doing today. So Trevor, I went first with the question. Why don't you go first with randomly ranked? All right. So uh, number three, I'm going to start off with pie. Pie is my number three. And I really love pie because just in general, there's so many different kinds of pies I like, like pumpkin pie during around Thanksgiving. And um, actually, so is is your mom's is your mom's apple pie your favorite? I know your mom. Your mom makes a killer apple pie, correct? Yeah, and and pumpkin pie. Well, shout out to your mom. She just makes a lot of great desserts in general. Um, But yeah, apple pie, pumpkin pie, a French silk pie, which actually. Um, I had for my birthday. That's probably my favorite pie. Okay. So pie is not, not my number three. Very solid. That was going to be my follow-up question to this, is what, what's your favorite pie? French silk is the only one that I can even put in my mouth. French, because it's chocolate. <laughs> yes, that is why I, I can put it in my, That's why I can eat it. Yeah, it's very good. And I actually think, and this might be a hot take, but I think pie is better than cake. 
I think in general, it's more oh, no. solid. I don't I don't know. Trevor, the comments are going to get it's you. It's hard to explain it. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know why. Just like having the crust with like there's so many. It's so versatile. I don't know. I pie, need Ben pie. here. Ben would agree with me. Pie, pie's terrible. Pie's better than cake. No, pie is great. So no, <laughs> I need. I, we need Ben back. Ben needs to get on my side for the cake to be. Okay, okay. Anyway, number two, I'm going with cookies. Um, I just love okay. so many different kind of cookies. Obviously, chocolate chip are amazing. That would be my favorite cookie. Yes. Um, which Loaded. I think we had a cookie um, uh, rank. Like when we did randomly rank, I think, I think we, we did. did cookies. But cookies are my number two and number I believe one. We did at least. Yes. And number one, I'm going with the most well-rounded um, dessert there is, which is cheesecake. Cheesecake um, can do no wrong. Cheesecake is so versatile. There can be so many different kinds of cheesecakes. It's like not too sweet. It's just like the right amount of sweet. Like you could have cheesecakes with like toppings like Reese's Cups or Snickers. You can have just like a mm -hmm. normal New York style cheesecake perfectly great like it's great in its own right there's just so many different you can have fruit on cheesecake it's so versatile there's so many different things that you can um do with it and i think just how we had just like in in a very um in a podcast that was a long time ago when you talked about how you thought pizza was very versatile i believe and how you thought pizza was just so great because of how versatile it was i think cheesecake similarly is great because of how well-rounded and versatile it is. So here's here, here's my take on yours. You've made a big flaw in the cake aspect. Cake is is great, and you will see my rankings where I put cake. Cake is just as versatile as cheesecake. Just as versatile. In fact, I think most desserts are very versatile, similar to pizza. Um, but let's let's go through mine. So I I, I have a lot of stuff in here. We got a lot to unpack. Number three, I have a tie for cookies and brownies. The reason I have the Tide is I, I'm sometimes in moods for one or the other. I love both of them, but sometimes I'm in the mood for one or the other. Both are great. A, a chocolate chip cookie, I mean, it, it, there's very little that can beat just a chocolate chip cookie, but we're, it's a generic thing here, a generic cookie. Number two, this might be a little bit too specific, but bear with me, Trevor. Number two is cookie cake, okay? Uh, cookie cake is, is seriously one of the best desserts out there. It combines two of the best things you could possibly have, cookies and cake. Wait, when was the last time you ate a cookie cake, Trevor? I guarantee you remember. The last time I had a cookie cake. Um, mm -hmm. last, last time you had a, a piece of cookie cake. It's been a while. Um, it was probably like... Ooh, I know like there's been times... Because like around here in, in BG, obviously we have like really good cookie cakes at like different places. So like there's been just some mm -hmm. that like an RA is gotten for like some of the whole i think it's been a while to be honest with you but i i do really like cookie cakes not sure if it's generic but i do love cookie cake it's you know what i i put it in the generic area and number one i have a tie the tie is going to be with chocolate so that's the first part chocolate can do no wrong it's not versatile okay i'll give you that however you can't beat a good chocolate you can't beat a reese's you can't beat a hershey's bar i mean come on you can't beat a snickers Nothing like that. You just can't beat just generic chocolate. Um, and then tied with that, which really I would put that at 1B. I'd put chocolate at 1B. 1A is cake. I am so upset you didn't put cake in your top three and then called it overrated. Okay? You then said that cake's not even that I good. I didn't say it was overrated. Just pie's is, better. Pie's better. That's all I'm saying. Pie's not even close to as good as cake. Cake, you could do whatever you want with. I mean, it's so fabulous. 
cake that I mean it, it, there's so many different there's so many different types of cake that are like top tier. Where pie, I only got one pie that I consider even okay. You get what I'm saying? What? What? Yeah, it's it's the truth. Now saying that I'm not a big fruit eater, so I don't really like pie because of that. But cake is cake is on top. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. So uh, tweet at us at SmallBallPod um, about this randomly ranked. If you guys have differing opinions, or if you even have an idea for randomly ranked, we'd love to do it. So we'd love to hear your opinion. So real quick, but real uh, quick. Trouble- Go ahead. Go so ahead. you're Go you're ahead. not gonna break your terrible pie. Take. You're not gonna break the tie on the cookies and brownies. That's my first reaction. You're not gonna break the tie. You're not gonna pick one. If I had to, I'll say cookies are better than brownies. Okay, so cookies would be your three, and brownies would be your four. Okay, and then yeah, chocolate. But it's close. And then chocolate is your your one B. You said yes, yes, one B. So again, I I was formulating differently. I don't even think chocolate is like part of this. Um, conversation. I don't think it's an option. I think chocolate is like... Before the podcast, I was saying it's like a flavor. I don't know if that's completely correct, but I don't know. Like, I think of like... I think all these different desserts have to have some kind of like structure. Like, to me, chocolate isn't a structure. It's something that you add to all of these different things that can, so what's a Hershey that can bar enhance then? all of these. But like... What's a Hershey bar? But like, it's also like... I don't know. Like, it's it's hard for me to associate like... To me, that's candy. Like, I don't know. It's hard for me to associate it with... I guess I guess I'm more thinking of, like, things that can be baked as desserts, whereas you're also including, like, okay. candy. I don't know. I guess it's just a different perspective, which is fine. Okay. I, but I actually understand. I didn't consider baking, chocolate. Baking, all the stuff we mentioned, can pretty much be baked. I guess, can cheesecake be baked? Is that a baked good? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, because okay. I think so. Uh, so basically yeah. everything we talked about was baked. So that, that, that's a valid point. But let's move on for today. That's enough dessert talk. I'm already hungry enough. Um, let's move on to our main topic. But we have a good one, Trevor. And I'm, I'm going to kind of let you take the lead a little bit of this topic because there's a lot to unpack here. Um, we obviously have the NBA uh, potentially starting soon. Um, and there's a lot of different possibilities and options. Um, it seems like that... The NBA is looking for roughly a July 31 start date. You know, that's their target date, um, according uh, to Twitter that I saw that. Um, And it seems like we have roughly 20 to 22 teams that they want to put in Orlando, um, according to ESPN. Um, And supposedly the final vote uh, will be this coming week on that. Um, But we'll kind of have to see, uh, again, according to ESPN. So, Trevor, we're going to kind of unpack... I especially want to hear your opinion because you definitely know substantially more about this than me. So we're gonna, you have some questions here on our note, and I want to go through them and see you know kind of your thoughts and kind of evaluate each option. And we'll discuss them. So the first one is, do we go straight to the playoffs or should we kind of finish up the regular season? What evaluate the options for us, and we'll kind of discuss what we think. Yeah. So as you kind of mentioned, um, they've they've been talking about this in the past couple weeks. Um, there was a board of governors meeting on Friday. Um, that Woj talked mm-hmm. about, and it seems like they're slowly narrowing down the options. Obviously, Adam Silver has kind of laid out a few different options to GMs, to owners, and uh, the NBA PA, obviously a huge voice in this as well with uh, some of the biggest uh, mm-hmm. names as far as the players go. So they have a lot of opinions. Now, there's many different options. Um, as far as like straight to the playoffs or the regular season, I think that um, it's difficult because... There's got to be some kind of games, I think, before the playoffs. And I think you're basically you're saying either you go straight to the playoffs with like some sort of like scrimmages 
or you do like regular season games basically as like a tune like tune up games i basically mm-hmm. that's how it would be they would be kind of like tune up games which would help um the players and i think it would benefit the players most although they wouldn't necessarily these games wouldn't hold a lot of like weight as far as importance they would be more yeah, like tune up games. games so two of the i guess f- different formats that have been talked about a lot are the play in tournament and the group stage mm-hmm. so um there have been discussions about the group stage where it was a potential option that was uh, laid out by I think the NBA and then Kevin O'Connor from the ringer actually went more in depth with how he thinks this can be maximized, how it would be very fun. And he talked about that in an article on the ringer. So basically how the group stage would work as a potential option is would be that you would have 20 teams. So you're excluding um, the, the 10 teams that really don't have a shot and you're saying, okay, the 16 teams that currently have a shot at, um, or or currently based on the standings in the playoffs and you're taking the four next best teams in the Western Conference because if you look at the NBA standings currently, those next four teams, which are the Blazers, the Pelicans, Kings, and Spurs, all are within three and a half games of the eight-seeded Memphis Grizzlies. Whereas the the ninth best team in the uh, East, the Wizards, are five and a half games back. So it kind of seems like you could argue that the Wizards don't really have that great of a chance, whereas all of these teams in the West, these four teams, have a better chance. And their records are actually like within, you know, they're actually better than a lot of the Eastern teams. And I think you can make a good argument to say that those next four teams in the West might even be better than the Magic. Um, so that's um, just kind of how those are the teams that would be in the group stage. And then there are tiers mm-hmm. in the group stage. There are, I believe, four tiers with five teams. And they would lay it out based on records. So tier one would be the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, and Clippers. And it would go down the line based on records. They would, uh, one option would be you select a team from uh, like a randomly drawn. And then you would get your four groups from that. And then they would take, uh, they would play eight games within the tier, have like a two, two and a half week where it's just like great games every single day. And they would take the top two teams from each tier and then go straight to the basically, which would be the second round. So go from 20 teams to eight teams. And I think this option would be really good for the fans in particular but not necessarily great for some of the best teams like the Bucks and the Lakers because if in those eight games, say you go four and four, then maybe you're not uh, one of those top two teams in your group of five, and then you're out of it right away. So I think that's a potential downside of it. Yeah, and I think I think here... So I have a couple questions for you, Trevor. Number one um, is... We've kind of talked about this, about how we both believe, and I, I think just generally people believe, that they want the Pelicans in in some facet. So it seems like the two options here include the Pelicans in some facet. And you talked about earlier about the play-in bracket, how it seems like it's leaning towards that. Is, is that where you would lean? Would you say that the play-in bracket would be better? Because like you said, 
the group stage would definitely be super fun for fans because they're trying their hardest every single game. There's no load management in those games because you got to win them. You've got to be one of those eight teams. There's really no other option. But the play-in bracket's a little more of a normalized, uh, you know, kind of schedule to what would be the actual playoffs. Um, and, you know, in the sense that it would kind of take that, you can have more load management uh, for, you know, someone like LeBron or Kawhi, you know, those top teams, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, someone like that. So what do you think is the better option here? Yeah, so the group stage, which I already kind of laid out. Now, the play-in, there haven't been, like, specific uh, formats of how it would work. Um, if it's 20 teams, maybe it would be, like, you take the four teams that aren't currently in the picture and then the last two seeds in um, the current playoff standings, and then those six teams would play. The top two seeds get a bye, and then you would just take that and get the— See, I don't even know how it would work exactly because that, that necessarily wouldn't make sense either. Um, or you just do a situation it really does where... does seem like... Yeah, go ahead. It really does seem like there's positives and negatives to every single, you know, possible solution here. It, it doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut solution. However, saying that I wanted to... Uh, finish your point first, because I have, I have a follow-up question that I'm going to ask. So finish your point. Yeah, so basically, to summarize what I'm saying, like the play-in stage, there's no... The play-in tourney, there's no set format. We haven't seen any specific plan about it, so I don't know what it would look like. It doesn't seem like that would be, it would be that exciting. Like, okay, so you're getting games between the Blazers and the Spurs for that next spot. Um, I think between these two plans, and I had a separate plan, which um, I was thinking you just do, you just, you know, all teams who aren't in the current playoff standings, you just... They're not in the playoffs. You just take the top 16. It doesn't even seem like that's an option anymore. It seems like they're between 20 and 22. So I'm going to throw my plan out it, the window. It really does seem like it really does seem like they want to include the Pelicans in some sort of way. Yeah. Because the Zion hype and, and, and the love for the Pelicans is, is growing and is pretty big, especially among young fans. And I, I think the NBA, so here was going to be kind of my final question because I think this kind of goes with this. I don't know if the NBA can do a like make a wrong decision here. Do you think that there's a possible situation where the NBA looks bad because of the decision they make? Because to me, it seems like no matter what, we're going to want to watch. It's sports. So it seems like to me, I don't know if the NBA can do wrong. What do you think? Is there a solution here that you think where the NBA can really mess up? No, I, do, I don't think so because I think that you yeah, know, I agree. the way the NBA, you know, the way Adam Silver has kind of run this league and mm -hmm. the way that you know, he communicates with the players, with the NBA PA. I think he's just done a very great job. And, you know, the NBA is just, they've just uh, made so many great de decisions over the past, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, whereas other leagues, maybe you would say the opposite. But with the NBA, I don't think they're going to have a bad decision because I think ultimately, I think all the players, owners, and GMs are going to be behind whatever decision Silver ultimately makes. And I mm -hmm. think they're going to move forward with that. So, no. Now, based on, like, what – out of these two choices, I have to pick one. I'm picking the group stage. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. I'm picking the group stage. And I'm picking the group stage because I think that it would be so much better for the fans. The fans would definitely like the group stage over the play-in because um, in that first round of the playoffs, which would be the group stage where those 20 teams are in the tiers, there there's so many different matchups we're getting. Like, you could get a theoretical – uh, group that has like the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Rockets, Mavericks, and Blazers, for example, and you just see so many different combinations, and everyone is fighting to get to that next round of eight teams. They're fighting, and I still think with eight games, um, I don't, 
I'm not really all that worried about the Bucks or the Lakers or the Clippers missing out. I do think all of those teams would still get through. I'm not too concerned about it. Um, and everyone's still on the same playing field. And if by chance the Bucks don't get to the next stage, well then, you know, that's their fault. They probably should have won more, like they should have won more games ultimately. So I think that's more exciting. I think it would still... Um, I think the fans would love it, and I think ultimately it would end up with the best team still getting that second round anyway. I, there's definitely some amount of worry with you know what you've talked about with not, the best teams don't get in. It would definitely be a little bit depressing to not see the Lakers, Bucks, you know, Clippers, Raptors, those teams in those eight. You know, like I mean, let's say LeBron has a, a strained muscle and just can't play for a week and misses four games. Like I mean, that's that's gonna be rough on a team like the Lakers, even though they're probably one of the better teams in the league at the moment. I, I don't know the right solution. I think you make a great point about the group stage would be so much fun to watch as fans because I think those those games, those teams would try so, so hard, like absurdly hard, probably harder than even normal, regular playoff series. Um, however, the play-in would be, like I said, a much more normalized schedule, and it would be it would definitely help out you know teams at the top like the Lakers. And as a big LeBron fan, I want him to succeed as much as possible. So I think... Either way, I think I'm going to be very happy. I don't know particularly what would be the, the right option. I think, again, the group stage would be so much fun to watch. Um, but as a LeBron fan, I think the playing tournament would be better. So let's let's do one more question here, and then we'll kind of you know wrap the episode for today. Would you reseed the whole, the whole thing, or would you still do East and West in some facet? Yeah, so basically with a 20-team, whether you do 20 teams or 22 teams, I think you have to reseed it because you have in a non-even amount of teams from each conference. Because in either of these formats, you're going to have more West teams than East teams. So I think yeah. you have to reseed it. And honestly, I think that would be interesting because, you know, this is the perfect opportunity. I mean, we've in the past, we've talked about um, previously, not necessarily us, but like the NBA has talked about previously, receding how the playoffs are done. But ultimately, they didn't want to do that because of travel. There's no travel issue here. Everyone's at Disney World. Why not just try it and see how the receding goes? I think it would create a lot of interesting matchups. And I think with this format, with 20 or 22, I think that's almost what you have to do. So yeah, I, I think they should recede uh, the teams. I, I 100% agree. They, they definitely need to recede these teams. I, I think it'll be a little bit weird just because of how lopsided the West versus East is. Um, especially at the lower half where we're going to have a lot more West teams than East teams. I don't even know how they would do it if they don't reseed the teams because of the imbalance of teams from either conference. So I 100% agree with you. Anything else you would like to add from the NBA return? We're definitely going to be talking about this more in the upcoming weeks um, because you know this is it's not like it's happening next week. Uh, but anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up the episode today, Trevor? Yeah, I mean, just I, I think they're, they said they're going to come with a decision hopefully within the next week. So I definitely do yeah. hope we get that because it would bring some optimism um, into this world, which I think we all need. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to sports coming back. Hopefully um, they do soon. It looks like, yeah, July 31st is the date. So I'm excited. I would prefer the group stage. I think it's going to be the plan, though, based on what I'm hearing and what I'm reading. Uh, I think they're likely going to go with the playing tourney, but either way, I mean, regardless of the format they choose to come back with, I'm sure that you know all of us are going to be excited to see uh, basketball again. A hundred percent. I think we'll all be excited. So saying that, I think that I'll, we'll wrap up the episode here. Thank you all so much for listening and all the love on the new logo. We we 
just love the logo. Big thank you to my sister Taylor for that um, logo. We, we really, really enjoy it. Um, we are now on pretty much every single podcast platform. I've been saying this for months. Go subscribe somewhere. We really appreciate it. Go rate us five stars if you like the podcast. Hopefully you do. Um, I, I know I do. Trevor, you think it's a five-star podcast? I think it is. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so also, you know, leave us a comment on Twitter or under the podcast. Our Twitter is at SmallBarPod. We really appreciate that. Um, we also have a Twitch now, which we are soon going to be doing a lot of stuff on. Um, our Twitch is twitch.tv backslash smallballerpod. Um, so please go look for that. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!